to uh, Sunday night. And uh, listen, this is exciting to be here. And I know I promised tonight some things are going to be a little bit different, but I'm hoping actually things are the same right now because uh, we had a few technical challenges on our end. I'll explain that here uh, real quick so we can get going. So we're looking at going live on our own website tonight, which would allow us to be able to also uh, push out to Roku and several other places. And uh, about 15 minutes into it, 10 minutes into it, whatever, 20 minutes into it, we're going to cut uh, um, YouTube, uh, but that's not going to work tonight. So it's only going to be on YouTube. We had some challenges with some of the, the things that we're working on. And I'm hoping that everything else goes well this evening. I think you're going to be super blessed. I'm going to be explaining a lot tonight, connecting a lot of dots, and uh, we have a lot of ground to cover. And um, and I do want to say this too, you know, I'm just looking at everything that's going on, and I want you to be encouraged before we start going, because I'm afraid there's a lot of uh, deception that's taking place, and uh, we're going to be in Hosea chapter 10. Uh, this is live. I'm looking forward to taking, to taking your questions when we get done here, and uh, they'll be live. And uh, it's going to be exciting and uh, just a lot going on. Okay, so let's get going. We're looking at the minor prophets. Remember that? We're in the book of Hosea. We're in Hosea chapter 10 with this message. The title of this message is God Calls Them Out. So that's what God's going to do. He's going to call out ancient Israel. He's going to confront them on their sin. And then he's going to say, okay, here's your sentence. So we're going to see how this goes. But before we go there, I want to bring up a few items that are worth talking about. Okay, so you ready? All right, here's this first one. This is in Munich. Kamala Harris raises the alarm of war in Europe. Now, we're watching at this. Ukraine, Russia, there's going to be war. And here, the, the news from the United States is that's all we're hearing. Uh, it's like every, every couple hours, it seems, the Biden administration is saying, Hey, uh, there's going to be war. There's going to be war. Russia's going in. And then I'm hearing reports where Putin is mocking Biden. China is mocking Biden. And then you get something like this. And by the way, anything Kamala Harris says, uh, you know, regardless, um, I realize she's the vice president of the United States. This is just an embarrassment. The entire administration of the United States of America is an embarrassment. Well, check this out. Here's this article in response to what Kamala Harris says. Uh, Kamala Harris looks totally out of place at Munich meetings. Ukrainian President Zelensky calls out Joe Biden, says someone is lying. There he is. He, he alone is saying, hey, look. He calls her out. He calls out Biden. He calls out the entire presidential administration of the United States of America. And he's saying, someone is lying. And he's saying, it's not me. It's not us over in Ukraine. And, and uh, you guys are constantly reporting this is going to happen. Anyways, what a fiasco. We're going to see how this goes. But let's. I want to go here for just a couple minutes. Look at this article. I mentioned this this morning for any of you who watched uh, the message that I had in the book of Ruth. Uh, before the service started, I talked about some things going on with Israel. So look at this article. Here it is from Israel National News. Israel ends ban on vaccinated on unvaccinated tourists drops school COVID tests. Okay, this is fascinating to me. Okay, this article says uh, Prime Minister Naftali Bennett and Health Minister Nitzan Horowitz uh, and Tourism Minister Yoel Rezavov. 
uh, met Sunday to discuss, that'd be today, the possibility of ending most restrictions on entry to foreign tourists. At the conclusion of the meeting, the ministers agreed to permit both vaccinated and unvaccinated nationals of all ages to enter the country on tourist visas to enter Israel on condition that they test negative on two PCR tests, one before boarding their flight and one upon arrival in Israel. At the moment, the situation in Israel is good. This is the result of correct and dynamic management, is it really? Uh, therefore, we are now opening up. At the same time, we will continue to closely monitor the situation. In the event of a new variant, we will again act quickly. All right, I want to highlight that. In the event of a new variant, we will again act quickly. During Sunday's meeting, the ministers also decided to drop the requirement for Israelis traveling abroad to take a rapid antigen test before boarding though the requirement on returning Israeli travelers to take a PCR test will remain in force. Okay, now listen to this. Furthermore, the ministers agreed to drop the requirement that unvaccinated Israeli travelers returning to Israel quarantine upon arrival. So for the Israelis that are going back home, if you're unvaccinated, you don't have to quarantine if you test negative. Folks, this is huge. This is coming out of Israel. This is absolutely remarkable. Uh, the changes are set to go into effect on March 1st. That's just next week. This is really an, an amazing thing to witness this. Benton Horowitz agreed that the requirement will be dropped in middle school starting this Thursday and in elementary school starting March 1st. I'm looking at that. I'm looking at the schools in the United States. I'm not sure what they're like all over the world. We're going to get into Canada and Australia here in just a few more minutes. But this is remarkable. Here in California... It's terrible what's happening to the schools. It's terrible uh, what they're doing to the children in California. Absolutely terrible what, what's going on. Uh, and then you look at uh, what's going on in Israel. They're saying, hey, we're lifting everything. Okay, now I'm going to throw this out there too. And, um, and, and here, uh, so hear me out. I mentioned this this morning that I have on the books for tours to Israel that I have scheduled. And you might be thinking, well, why? When did you schedule them? About three weeks ago, I called uh, my ministry partner and I said, hey, look, I'd like to put four trips on the books because the way I see things going, I mentioned back in December of this past year, the narrative is changing. It still is changing and it's going this particular direction. And this is all going to play into where we're going to be in just a few more minutes. And, and then I... I uh, mentioned it a couple of other times. You've probably seen several videos. I said, this whole thing's changing. Watch what happens. I believe restrictions are going to start being lifted and so forth. So about three weeks ago, I said, I really see this. I'm going to put four trips on the books to Israel. So I have them on the books. So when the floodgates open, everybody else isn't uh, flooding in there and stuff like that. We can't get the, the, the tours that we want. So they're coming up. Uh, one of them is October of this year and others too. Okay, now with that, I got to say this before we move on. In 2018, I mentioned that I had two tours to Israel. In 2019, you can sign up. And they were great tours, by the way. But I remember getting blasted by somebody on email saying that I'm a heretic of a pastor. Don't you know the rapture is going to happen before 2019? How dare me to plan a trip to Israel in 2019 when the rapture obviously is going to take place in 2018? Well, the rapture didn't take place in 2018. We're in 2022. So 
listen, I, I hope for the rapture before I'm done with this message, but I don't know when it's going to happen. So I'm humble. Some of the hopes I teach the word of God. I teach on his first coming. I teach on the second coming of Christ. And I also plan because I don't know exactly the day or the hour that things are going to develop, but I can watch everything that's going on. And I'm going to make the best of my time and the best of your time uh, while, while we are here on this earth. And I'm going to press forward. I see problems with the economy. I see a lot of other problems out there. So I'm not saying, as I look at Israel lifting their travel bans, and who knows what direction this could go next week. Again, they gave themselves the out. Uh, in the event of a new variant, we will again act quickly. So they gave themselves an out in case they got to close down again. But nevertheless, we're witnessing all these different things that are going on in various places around the world, lifting restrictions, and yet some places are getting even worse. So where's all this going to go? And all of this, I have a lot more to say after we get into the message about this and the direction that I see things going. Um, folks, we need to be ready. We need to be prepared because wild things are taking place. Okay. With that, Israel says they're lifting the ban on unvaccinated travelers. Those who didn't get the boop, boop, right? Okay. The snake bite is Someone told me to start calling it. Oh, great. Now you look at this article. New Zealand is fining people for not wanting to test for COVID, but that's not the worst part. So New Zealand, so you have Australia and New Zealand. We got issues with, uh, with down under and then also Canada. I'm going to get to all these tonight. Uh, look at this. You can read this. New Zealand is fining people for not wanting to get tested for COVID. If you don't pay the fine, uh, you can get, look at this, not just pay the fine, but if you don't pay it, you can get arrested, have your accounts and your property seized and put on the no-fly list. In other words, you're a terrorist for not wanting to get tested. So you look at this, we hear what's going on in Israel. People are saying, woo, this is great. Listen, I'm looking at it. Again, I'm going to comment on this a little bit further where I think this is going uh, a little bit later. But uh, then you have this, Canada, of course, I, I think... I look at Canada right now, and I think everybody, we need to be paying attention to what's going on in Canada. Uh, Canada is, is like right now, it's just, uh, it, it's the telltale for the direction that things are going to go. Look at this article out of Canada Free Press. Oh, Canada, the globalists mean business. Okay, let's go a little bit further. This is, now this flips back the other side. This is from this morning. Uh, today's the 20th. It's from this morning. People with COVID-19 won't be legally required, says Boris Johnson, to self-isolate in England starting in the coming week. The UK government has announced as part of a plan for living with COVID that is also likely to see testing for the coronavirus scale back. Okay, so all of a sudden, Boris Johnson's saying, whoa, let's back off this whole thing too. Israel's saying it. Boris Johnson is saying it. America's got weird pockets. I happen to be in one of the weird pockets. Um, Australia's doing what they're doing. New Zealand's doing what it's doing. Wow. And obviously Canada. Okay. Then comments to the Boris Johnson statement. Here's just a couple of them I want to read to you. Boris wants England to get back to a normal life. Biden wants to hand out crack pipes. Doesn't that pretty much sum up what's going on in America? For all of you throughout the world that are watching, you're going, what in the world's going on with, uh, with this administration? They're nuts. They're nuts. They're completely nuts. Mentally gone, troubled, disturbing. That's what we have in the, in the American administration. That's a problem. But then you look at the second comment here. I can't read the whole one. And it says this. It says, and Trudeau's doubling down because it was never about da-da-da-da, but it was about the, the reset. Okay, I got to move on from that one so I don't get whoop, 
I don't get, you know, eliminated. Okay, uh, look at this article. Italy bars unvaccinated adults aged 50 and older from workplaces. This is from uh, just last, I think it was last uh, Wednesday, February 16th. So you, we have all these different spectrums. Italy's doing this. Australia and New Zealand doing this. Israel's doing this. America's doing this. UK is doing this. Or uh, Boris Johnson's doing this. Canada is doing what they are doing. So where in the world is everything going? All right. Well, let's get going because we're going to have some answers for some things. And I got a lot more to show you in the next few minutes. Let's start here with uh, Hosea chapter 10. I'll go through it as far as I can. I think I can get through it. I have a fairly short message. I think I can get through it. And then we're going to get to your questions. Uh, chapter 10, verse 1. Israel empties his vine. He brings forth fruit for himself. According to the multitude of his fruit, he has increased the altars. According to the bounty of his land, they have embellished his sacred pillars. Their heart is divided. Now they are held guilty. He will break down their altars. He will ruin their sacred pillars. Okay, what's going on here? Verses 1 and 2 of Hosea chapter 10. Remember Hosea, minor prophets, right? So Hosea was commanded to take a wife that's really a prostitute, have children with her and so forth. But God was using Hosea and his life as a real-life illustration about what had, gone, what had happened between him and Israel, how Israel had abandoned God and left God for other lovers, meaning left God to go and worship pagan gods and do all sort of per, uh, uh, perverted things. So that's what's going on here. God is describing what Israel's done. And here, uh, just two parts in this message. Number one is this, God confronts Israel in verses 1 through 11. He confronts them. Listen, think of it like this. Cancer is a bad thing. It'll destroy the body and kill and can kill the body. But sin is worse than cancer. Sin destroys the body and the soul. Unless you deal with sin when you are confronted with it, it will destroy a person. It will destroy their body. It'll destroy their soul. And unless a person repents, they will be judged for their sins in the place that the Bible describes as hell. And here's the scoop. If you do not deal with your sin, it will corrupt you. It's true of individuals. It's true of nations. And that's what God is doing. He's calling Israel out. He is confronting them. They rejected the prophets that were telling the truth. And they received the prophets that were telling the lies. They rejected the prophets that were telling the truth, saying, man, those guys are just nuts. Don't listen to those guys. Judgment's never going to come. That's my concern now. Because I, I, I continue to see this narrative going this way where things are going to be lifted. And people are going to say, it, it's okay. You, you shouldn't even listen to those nutty people talking about Bible prophecy. See, we told you everything was going to be okay. Bands are being lifted. Everybody can travel again and things like that. Listen, don't stop paying attention. Don't steer to the left or the right from the Bible. Stay with what the Bible does teach. And we're going to see which direction this is going in just a few more minutes. But notice this. We have, when God confronts them, he brings up, you are an empty vine. Verse 1 again, O Israel, return to the Lord, your God, for you have stumbled because of your, um, because of your iniquity. 
Whoops, I had the wrong, I had the wrong chapter 14. <laughs> chapter 10, verse 1, Israel empties his vine. He brings forth fruit for himself according to the multitude of his fruit. He has increased the altars according to the bounty of his land. They have embellished his sacred pillars. So God says, you've had all this fruit. You've been blessed. I've blessed you. In the days of, uh, of Jeroboam the first and Jeroboam the second, God saying, I still blessed you. I gave you all of these things. You had, you had fruit on your vine, but I want you to know that your vine is empty. You, you took all of those things. You, 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 you took the wine that you had and you credited uh, Baal for giving you the wine. You accredited uh, yourself for giving you uh, the fruit of the vine. And instead, what you did is you accredited these false gods and you indulged in your own sinful pleasures and you completely rejected me and the truth um, that, that I'm telling you. You didn't want to hear the truth. You weren't interested in the truth. You, uh, uh, you attributed the blessings to someone, yourself, to another God, to how smart you are. Well, look how much money I make. So you had all these blessings that were poured out upon you. Okay, I'm going to go somewhere in a minute. That's why I hesitated. Uh, Lord, should I do this? Okay, so here's the story, all right? And this is my concern. And we're going to go from here also. So last week I was watching J.D. Frog. I, I love J.D. He's a good friend and great brother and wonderful teacher. So he's speaking, and he brought up uh, Trump. And he said, you know, uh, he brought up Trump's deal of the century and several other things about Trump. And I'm going to go out on, uh, I'm just going to tell you right now, I agree with JD and the things that he shared about Trump. I, I'm troubled by things I've seen in the past. I'm troubled by things I see in the present. I'm troubled by the Biden administration. I'm troubled by Kamala Harris. I'm troubled by the military industrial complex of America. I'm troubled by a whole lot of things that I see. Listen, um, we wouldn't have this boop, boop, snake bite if someone didn't say, uh, <laughs> um, uh, was it Operation Warp Speed or something like that? I think that's what it was to make sure that that everybody gets the whoop, whoop, the shot. Um, and it was this Operation Warp Speed or again, whatever it was called. We're going to make sure that the military has it. And then the entire left is saying, we're not taking anything that Trump brings in. And Trump, and then uh, Trump at one point said we should call it the Trump scene. I mean, there's just certain, I have a lot of trouble with a lot of things. I'm not going to go into all of them right now. But I, but I wanted to put it into this package. And I know I just got a whole lot of people really mad at me worldwide. But that's okay. All right. Because, and I've been warning about this for a long, long time. What's happened is through the current era that we are in, we have been set up to want a political savior on the right or the left. Anyone who can give us the answer. So as we see certain things being lifted, hey, if there's a man that comes along and we can attribute that man with the one who fixed all of the problems that we currently have in this world, people are going to hail him from both the right and left, say he's the man. He's the one. He's the solution uh, to all of our problems. No, we need Jesus Christ. I'm going I'm to get a little bit further into this in, in a few more minutes maybe, uh, towards the end. But I, I, I got to say this because w there's trouble brewing. And we, well, let me move on. Okay. In this passage, God's dealing with them and their material blessings. Um, 
I've, I've given you the material blessings. You attributed them to yourself. You attributed them to Baal, the foreign God, and all these other things. But you never recognized me as these things coming from me because you would never submit to me. You would never repent of your sins. You even embellished, he says here in, in verse 1, at the end of verse 1, you embellished the sacred pillars. Uh, you, you, this is something, you know, you guys look at this. You say, well, look what we've done. Look, you know, we, we've taken the sacred pillars and we've made them into our image. I mean, this whole thing embellished the sacred pillars for Israel can go all these different directions. Remember, they made a fake temple at Tel Dan and a fake temple at Beth Avon. You've embellished the sacred pillars. You've taken the things of God and said, well, they're not that important. What's really important is that you do well. Everything's good. The, the king's in charge. Listen, I will give you the king that you deserve. And the people got the king they deserve. Didn't go well. Okay, now I'm going to show you a few more things because I want you to start connecting the dots with me on today. Okay, this article says, what Americans and all Westerners should learn from Canada's digital crackdown, digital crackdown on freedom. With the stroke of a pen and an announcement from the podium, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has essentially declared himself supreme dictator over the nation on our northern border. We have now a full-on totalitarian regime adjacent to the United States. This is no small development. The Canadian Civil Liberties Association has condemned Trudeau for invoking the Emergencies Act, claiming uh, that the Canadian federal government has not met the threshold necessary to do so. The Emergencies Act can only be invoked when a situation seriously threatens the ability of the government of Canada to preserve the sovereignty, security, and territorial integrity of Canada. And when the situation cannot be effectively dealt with under any other law of Canada... The thread continues, by invoking this act, the first time it's ever been done in Canadian history, Trudeau has essentially declared a form of martial law. This petty dictator has apparently made himself available to the global predators and offered up his country to be the first in the formerly free world to transition from freedom into the grand utopia of the Great Reset. That's the reality of it. So here we are, United States, Canada is right on the border. Listen, this is for all of us living in America right now. I want you to think back to the days of Nazi Germany as people are watching what was going on there in adjacent countries, thinking this is never going to come here. Guess what, baby? It did. And we better be awake to this throughout the whole Western world because it's the Western world that's being shaped to us. China's going to do what they're going to do. Africa's doing what they're doing. Um, Russia's doing what they're doing. The Islamic territories are doing what they are doing. The Western world is at stake in all of this. Next article says this. Heavily armed Ottawa police arrest at least 70 Freedom Convoy protesters will run 24 hours a day to clear the city. So we're watching this go on. And I don't care which side of the coin you're on, folks. This is a problem. Here's the next article. Pictures, we told you to leave. Heavily armed police descend on Canadian truckers. Next up, this is what I'm going to show you right now. Okay, I'm going to show you a video. I hope it works. It's only about a minute and four seconds long. This is Trudeau from 2018 saying how much he likes, guess who? How much he likes China. You ready? Some of you have already seen this. Let's roll this video. Matthew, can you roll it? Let's go. Is it working? 
No? I found it a bit silly for Justin Trudeau to say that uh, what he admired the most was a dictatorship, frankly. I've always been rather fond of democracies. A Canadian politician said, oh, you know, I look for China. I am I'm, I'm mayor of the basic dictatorship in China. That is not only shocking, that is a shame. Trudeau's meeting last week. Okay, I know, listen, I hope you can hear that. I do know we had some sound issues on that video. Sorry about that. Like I said at the beginning, we've had a few problems, which has caused us to not be able to go live on our own website tonight also. Um, but uh, we're going to get that figured out by tomorrow. We'll get it figured out uh, for our live stream. That's at 2 o'clock. Uh, and then also, don't forget this. When we do get our own website on our own website, we'll also be able to push out to Roku and the various other places so you can still watch uh, on your TV screen. Um, but you look at this and you start thinking, okay, uh, what uh, is going on? So, I mean, here's this guy praising China. I love China. Uh, dictatorship. They can do whatever they want. This is his idol. This is who he's thinking, yeah, this is who I model myself after. The problem is that the entire world has abandoned God. We don't want anything to do with God. And we are really watching the fruit of this in the Western world. Look at this. Chinese government is rewriting the Bible with communist principles, watchdog group says. You got to hear these words of what they're doing. So this is in China, not unexpected in China. Um, I remember years ago talking about China and these kinds of things, but listen to this, okay? A spokesperson for the Christian Persecution Watch, a Watchdog Group, The Voice of the Martyrs, warned that the Chinese government is currently attempting to rewrite the Word of God in accordance with communist values. This is a project that the Chinese Communist Party announced in 2019. I remember this. I remember from 2019, but I remember talking about these things in China long uh, before 2019. But you got to hear the rest of this. The new translation would really support the Communist Party. Uh, one example of the changes was revealed in a high school textbook released in September of 2020. In the textbook, the CCP changed verses uh, in John uh, chapter 8, for example. As the biblical story goes, Jesus forgives the adulterous woman despite the Pharisees' calls to, stall, to stone her to death. And remember, Jesus says, uh, whichever of you does not have sin, pick up the first stone and cast it at at her and none of them could do that they were all had sin so they all had to set their stones down and go home the ccp's translation however alters the story where christ ends up stoning the woman as he admitted i also am a sinner so what does that do that takes away the validity of who christ is and it puts the chinese communist party in that power okay so you say that's china that's been going on china for quite some time it has Look at America. Look at this. Attack on first on the First Amendment. 
a Washington State House Speaker announces no more praying in the name of Jesus. So when these people are telling me, well, that's over in China, you don't have to worry about it in the Western world. Uh, brothers and sisters, we got problems. Here's the reality of it, right? This is in the United States of America. Here's the reality of it. If you don't turn from your sin, God will painfully turn you from your sin. That's what God is confronting Israel on. Turn from your sin. You don't, you're going to pay a price and God's going to deal with that. You have an empty vine and you want to know what else? You have an empty throne, the king uh, the, the throne of the king is empty. Uh, verse 3, for now they say we have no king, an empty throne, because we did not fear the Lord. And as for a king, what would he do for us? They have spoken words, swearing falsely and making a covenant. Thus judgment springs up like hemlock in the furrows of the field. The inhabitants of Samaria fear because of the calf of Bethaven, for its people mourn for it, and its priests shriek for it, because its glory has departed from it. The idol also has to be carried, the idol shall be carried to Assyria at the at a as a present for King Jerob. Ephraim shall receive shame, and Israel shall be ashamed of his own counsel. As for Samaria, her king is cut off like a twig on the water. Also the high places of Avon, uh, the sin of Israel, shall be destroyed. The thorn and thistle shall grow on their altars. They shall say to the mountains, cover us. And to the hills, they shall say, fall on us. Okay, a couple of things going on here. Uh, you have no king. Uh, the throne is empty. This refers to the judgment of the Assyrians. They're going to come in and take your king off the throne. It's over, baby. And God's saying, it's as good as done. He is pronouncing judgment on them. That's what he's doing. But I want you to notice this also. He says here, don't miss it, verse 6, the idol also shall be carried to Assyria as a present for King Jerob. Who's King Jerob? I mentioned King Jerob when we were, I believe it was in chapter 4. There's no record of a King Jerob in Israel, Judah, or Assyria. Jerob, the name means warrior. And, and as we pointed out back then, earlier in the book of Hosea, what Israel was saying is, we want a king warrior who's going to give us a victory. We don't want God. This goes back into my, my, my challenge to everybody right now, especially if, you're, if you believe that the Bible is true. Don't be swayed by the deception to the left. Don't be swayed by the deception to the right. Because both sides are looking for their King Jerob, their warrior, the one who's going to give them victory, but they are not looking to Christ. They're not looking to God. This is what's gone wrong with the entire Western world as we watch it collapsing all around us. Again, the United States of America administration is the most embarrassing thing I've ever witnessed in my life. And I've you can read the history books of the United States of America folks, this is bad. And I look at what we have right now with the current presidential administration as a judgment upon America. I believe that we've been turned over. It is a, uh, just as God says, I will turn them over to a reprobate mind. If that's what they insist on doing, when they won't turn from their sin, they're looking for King Jerob. The people on the right are looking for a King Jerob. The people on the left are looking for King Jerob. Folks, we need to repent. We need Christ to forgive us of, of our sin. Listen, uh, there's a very good chance I believe we're going into a, a time of relative peace. I'm going to get to that in just about uh, one minute. But before we go there, I want to point out this. Because in verses 7 and 8, we read this. Um, 
Look at verse 8. The high places of Avon, the sin of Israel, shall be destroyed. The thorn and thistle shall grow on their altars. They shall say to the mountains, cover us, and to the hills, fall on us. Where else have we heard that? Revelation chapter 6. Check this out. Uh, at the sixth seal, judgment. What happens? The kings. Look at this. Revelation chapter 6. Matthew, if you could pull it up on the screen so everybody could see it. And the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, uh, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves, in the rocks on uh, of the mountains, and said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand? Wow! These words sound like they're taken straight out of the book of Hosea. Listen, the book of Hosea gives this time when Israel was judged in ancient history. Revelation tells us this judgment's coming again, but this time it's going to be global revelation chapter six i've said this many times when you look at old, old testament prophecy some of them can be very obscure and then you have these that fit into this context that totally makes sense but then what the book of revelation does is it compiles these ancient prophecies that were written from the prophets of old put them into one book so that we can understand how things are going to play out in the last days as it was with ancient Israel, as it was with ancient Judah, so will it be in the days that are coming ahead, in, in, in the last days. And as I look at ancient Israel, I look at ancient Judah, let me tell you, what's happening in the Western world? Baby, we better be ready. Okay, all right, I'm going to go on from here. Uh, it's going to talk about the, the uh, cruelty of of uh, the Assyrians, but I'm not going to do that right now. I don't know if we have enough time, but I want to bring this up. Okay, we're here in this place. Look at this article, this one, okay? The cost of living in the United States is rising to absolutely absurd levels. It's getting off the charts. Inflation is taking place worldwide. You go to the grocery store, there's a lack of groceries. Prices are more, gasoline is more, um, supply chains are broken. We have the truck uh, protests going on in Canada. We see the protests in, in Australia. Um, also, uh, just, just various parts of the world, we've witnessed these things, even to some degree, protests that were taking place in Israel. Um, so we're watching this, right? Okay, now here's the deal. Just hear me out. In Revelation chapter 6, I get asked this question a lot about the four horsemen of the apocalypse. I'm going to do this, I'm going to summarize it as fast as I can. You have the four horsemen, the white horse, the red horse, the black horse, and the pale horse. Okay, the white horse uh, has a bow with no arrows. It goes about conquering and to conquer, and a crown is given to him, all right? The white horse seems to represent some type of peace through rules and regulations. It goes about conquering and to conquer, has a bow with no arrows. In other words, it could do it with military might, but it's not cracking down militarily. It's cracking down with laws, rules, regulations, or could even be with we're going to have peace if we do this. Okay, then you have the red horse right after that war horse. Great war is going to break out. As we hear what's going on with Ukraine and Russia, China and Taiwan, threats of nuclear war, Iran and Israel and so forth. Um, I don't know when those wars will break out. But in Revelation chapter 6, the great war is the red horse, which would still be future. Okay, not done yet. And the reason I brought up this article a minute ago about the cost of living and inflation is because speaks to a big problem that we're not we're not paying attention to massive economic catastrophe that is coming the black horse of the book of revelation speaks to a planned economic crash 
that destroys the middle class, destroy, it makes everybody equally poor except for the people at the top. A day's wage for a loaf of bread, inflation, hyperinflation, but don't harm the oil or the wine. The elite are taken care of. It's not going to harm them because, well, for one thing, they've got all the money. Did you see that the richest people in the world, how much wealth they've accumulated since uh, the, the lockdown started a couple years ago? That's right. Like doubled their income. Imagine that. So we started looking at this. Don't harm the oil or the wine. The, the elite aren't going to be harmed because they're in charge of this stuff. It's like a controlled economic collapse. Controlled at this point. Eventually, it's just going to crash out. Um, and then you have the pale horse where there's death by famine, death by uh, the economic catastrophe, death by war, death by sword, and death by pestilences. Okay. Quarter of the wor world dies. All right. So here's what I think. When Antichrist comes on the scene, he's going to be the one who's got the answers to the problems that have been created, I believe, created by the globalists, per personally. What's going on right now? He's going to have the answers to the problems they've created. The, here, here's the, the real possibilities. One of the possibilities is when he arises on the scene, he's the rider on the white horse. Uh, that's what most of my colleagues say. Antichrist is the rider on the white horse. He ushers in this peace and prosperity time, and people hail him as the, the one with the answers to all the world's problems. The challenge with that, and I get it, the challenge with that is that right after that comes war and economic catastrophe and, and death to a quarter of the world. So a lot of people say, oh, wait a minute, how many people are going to receive Antichrist if what follows him is great disaster to the planet with the other, the other three horsemen? Okay, um, but some people will say, well, the four horsemen of the apocalypse come. They're part of God's judgment, part of the tribulation period. However, Antichrist isn't revealed until after the four horsemen of the apocalypse. After that, complete disaster comes on the planet. And then all of a sudden, Antichrist comes on the scene with answers for peace and prosperity. Whether he's the white horse or coming after everything collapses is not... The, the, the emphasis of what I want to point out right now. Because when you get to the fifth seal, what happens? You have the martyrs that are under the altar, those who are slain, murdered for their testimony of Jesus Christ before the sixth seal. So you look at that and you go, okay, very interesting. I believe, quite simply, Antichrist is going to blame those who come to Christ for the world's problems. Rapture has already taken place, I believe. And, uh, and, and the excuse is going to be these alien creatures uh, saw these Christians were causing problems, so they had to get rid of them. And those who are left behind, who don't know Christ but come to Christ, any Christ is simply going to say they're the problem. They're the problem uh, with the utopian world that we really need to create. These globalists cause this problem, but these crazy Christians, they are the problem. And uh, they, they need to be dealt with. Okay, so, but he's going to come in with the answers of peace and prosperity, whether it's at the white horse or whether it is at the end of the fourth horseman of the apocalypse. Either way, Antichrist is going to come on at that time. Okay, what a setup. Because right now when you start to look at things, you're thinking, okay, I'm hearing about things being relieved, uh, everything being lifted. All of a sudden, we're going to go back to what used to be normal or so forth, right? Unless you're in Canada or Australia, you certainly aren't thinking that. But you're hearing it, and you're watching what's going on with Israel. I believe we're going into a time of more deceit. That's what's taking place. Satan knows he needs to win people on the left, and he needs to win people on the right. Satan doesn't just settle, well, I've got half of the world, the people who vote liberal. No. He's way smarter than that. He's going, how am I going to deceive people on the right? 
I mean, you, so you start looking at this. We're in, listen, this is very biblical because a couple of different times we're, we're taught peace and safety, Old Testament and New Testament, uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction. The picture is when people are going, yeah, everything's going good, then everything collapses whether it be the white horse or after the fourth horse of the apocalypse. Either way, it's coming, baby. It's coming. Uh, this relative peace or fake peace, whatever it is. And then also, Jesus said this in the Olivet Discourse, as it was in the days of Noah. People are buying and selling and planting and getting married and so forth. Everything's going good. It's going to be, well, the, the, the picture Jesus gives us is a, is, a, is a picture of a time when everybody's going, oh, everything's going good. It ain't going there. Now, but it looks like it might be starting to head there, folks. It, everything's going to be good, relative joy, weddings are going on, everybody's happy. So sometime this has to happen, whether it be after the rapture and then it happens or before the rapture. But it will happen because I believe it's at that place where Antichrist rises to power because he's the one who has the answers and brings this pseudo peace and, and uh, false prosperity and all of these other things. Also, one more thing before we move on. I'm almost done here, um, and then I'm going to go to your questions. But I, I want to bring this up. Be very careful right now, because in 2 Peter chapter 3, where Peter writes, uh, in the last days, there will be scoffers who will come saying, where's the promise of his coming? Our fathers used to tell us Jesus was coming again. That's nonsense, right? I remember probably about a year ago, I was talking with one of my colleagues. I think it was Mark Henry, but I can't remember sure. It could have been James. I'm not sure who it was. But we were talking and I said, you know what's interesting about that? I believe there has to come a time when the mocking and the scoffing against people like me and you, people who believe Bible prophecy and say, look, Jesus really is coming. That's what Hosea was doing. They mocked him and scoffed him, and Jeremiah mocked him and scoffed him. The way the Bible describes these things happening in the last days is going to increase like birth pains upon a pregnant woman. I said, I'm not so sure we're, right, we're, we're there yet. We're all getting mocked and scoffed, but imagine when things go well, how many people on both sides of the aisle are going to say, you foolish person who believe the Bible of the second coming of Christ. You actually believe that, look, everything is going good. Peace and safety, ah, don't be fooled. Don't be knocked off course, left or right. You stay the course. Everything is going to go exactly as the Bible says. And I'd love to hear your questions on this when we get done in just a minute. Okay, let me get going because I want to make sure we get done. Verse 9, what do we have? We have, uh, I forget where I am, oh, Israel. Verse 9, Hosea chapter 10, you have sinned from the days of Gibeah, there they stood, the battle of Gibeah against the children of iniquity do not, did not overtake them. When it is my desire, God says, I will chasten them. Peoples shall be gathered against them when I bind them for their two transgressions. Ephraim is a trained heifer that loves to thresh grain, but I harnessed her fair neck. I will make Ephraim pull a plow. Judah shall plow. Jacob shall break his clods. So this is talking about Israel and Judah also 100, 120 years later when they would be subject to this place of, of, um, uh, of being brought under slavery and sold and also sold into slavery, taken captive and and also destroyed, literally destroyed. Uh, sow for yourselves righteousness, reap in mercy, 
Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord. There it is. It's time to seek the Lord. Till he comes and rains righteousness on you. You have plowed wickedness. You have reaped iniquity. You have eaten the fruit of lies before mighty men. You trusted in your own way. You trusted in your armies. You trusted in people that are leading your country. He said, you got problems. You need to repent. Therefore, tumult shall arise from among the, your people. Huh? What do we see happening now? Chaos will arise from among your people. Baby, is that happening? And all your fortresses shall be plundered. Wow. I mean, you look at this and you look at what's going on in the Western world. Fascinating. As shall men plunder Beth Arbel in the day of battle, a mother dashed in pieces upon her children. Thus it shall be done to you, O Bethel, because of your great wickedness at dawn. The king of Israel shall be cut off entirely. All right. Just a couple of things. And then we're going to get to your questions. Uh, just a couple of things I want to point out is uh, note this. God confronts verses 1 through 11, but then also God gives the sentence in the rest of it that we read. Okay. Notice this. God says here in verse 10, when it's my desire, I will chasten them. In the perfect time, God is going to deal with everything. He's going to bring his judgment. We don't know the day or the hour, but we can tell by looking at things, we live in interesting times. Uh, the Bible teaches at the time of the end, uh, this is real simple, when the time of the Gentiles is full, uh, it's all over, baby. It's all over. Then God says, I'm going to turn my attention to Israel and Israel will be saved. But we can see where all of this is trending exactly as the Bible says. God knows what he is doing. So God confronts and then God gives the sentence. Here's the sentence. In my time, I'm going to bring everything, I'm going to bring everything about. Uh, it's going to happen to Israel. It's going to happen to Judah. And it did exactly as God said it would. And we know from the Bible, it's also going to happen in the last days. I'm not going to get into the gory details. But here he talks about the children being dashed in pieces. Um, upon, a mother dashed in pieces upon her children. Look real quick. When the Assyrians came and attacked the Jews that were living in Arbel. Could be Mount Arbel. says Beth Arbel here. Mount Arbel is above uh, sea of Galilee. I don't know exactly where. I'm not sure if archaeologists have located it yet, but it's horrible what they did to the children. They dashed them. Uh, you can figure that out. And the moms too, just horrible what they did. And God says, these people are wicked and this is what's coming. And, and it, it's a wicked thing. It's, it's a warning. Hosea is warning. God is warning. People look and go, God's so mean. I can't, you know, he's just, he, God, God's so mean. What, what about these horrible things that are happening? God warned that this is going to happen. Here in Hosea, even though it says there's going to be a tumult among the people, look what's going on in Canada. Look what's going on in Australia. Look what's going on worldwide. You, you start to see this division. We, we can tell the ground is shaking in that way. Folks, we live in interesting times. We live in precarious times. Let me close with this, and then I'm going to take your questions. Damon Duck writes in this article uh, today. I'll have it posted on my website tomorrow, by the way. Falling into place. He writes, the great prophecy teacher, Jan Markell, often says, things are not falling apart. They are falling into place. Here are more things that are falling into place that should not be overlooked. He notes four Arab nations have signed the Abraham Accords with Israel and more are expected to sign soon. Then he writes, a world government is rising. A world religion is arising. Pope Francis is trying to establish a world religion. And it's been reported that he's seeking to be the first to head it up. I, I tell you, he's, he's definitely, I don't know if he's going to be, if he's the false prophet. Remember, I've said it before, he's kind of old. 
Uh, so whoever's the false prophet would have to live for at least the duration of the seven-year tribulation period and somehow have the ability to travel to um, the Valley of Armageddon because that's where everything is, uh, where Jesus comes back and destroys the false prophet and Antichrist there. So the false prophet has to be at the age and have the physical ability to be able to, in at least seven more years, because you got a rapture, uh, probably a gap period and seven-year tribulation period, uh, the, the false prophet's got to make it to them. So I don't know if the if Pope Francis is the guy that is going to be around that long for seven, eight, nine, 10, 15 more years, but nevertheless, maybe is, maybe is, but nevertheless, um, he certainly is trying out for the position. He, he, he certainly wants to be. He's auditioning for it. Damon Duck said the Antichrist will rule over all nations, including the United States. Um, the United States is going to continue to decline. You might not like hearing that if you're an American, but uh, that would be very biblical. Uh, technology that's required to, to engage all of the last day's prophecies is here and uh, could be implemented at, at any time, especially after the rapture. I had a, a show that I did on his channel, TV, with Dennis Swick on Thursday just the other day, and I asked him about that. How far along are we? So we're not quite there yet technology, with technology to be able to get to the place of Revelation 13. He said, but everything's in place. We are so close. So we get raptured, listen, uh, within a very short time. I mean, um, we'd be there. What's happened with coronavirus, it's exposed flaws in the systems. Uh, in uh, there's places that now have IDs uh, over in Europe. Yeah, the travel pass, I believe it is, or something like that. Can't remember what's called. People have emailed me, um, but there's still there's still some faults with the whole system. Those things are going to be figured out by the time Antichrist implements the mark of the beast. Uh, and then he he went on and said. There will be a departing of the faith, a lukewarm spirit, a falling away in the church at the end of the age. We're watching that happen. Woke churches. On February 5, 2022, he says a group of lawyers and judges met in Germany to discuss the human rights violations, crimes against humanity that politicians in the World Economic Forum have imposed upon the world. You can guess the names of some of these people. Listen, when, listen I would not be surprised in the least uh, he, he went on to, oh, I got to read this last part and then we're going to questions. I wouldn't be surprised in the least if certain people in charge right now, when Antichrist rises on the scene, he says, you're going to jail, you're going to jail, and you're going to jail because you messed up, you brought up all this chaos. You guys are the problem. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Because remember at the same time, imagine how many people would say, oh, you're the best for anybody who threw some of these criminals into jail. Boy, would they praise him as the leader of the world. I'm just saying we need to be very alert because Jesus said deception will be so great in that day. Antichrist will not only do things like that to win people over, but also with him and false prophet with line wonders, miracles, line wonders, not truthful ones. They're going to deceive the nation so much so that Jesus said, if possible, even the elect could be deceived. But then uh, he went on and quoted Damon Duck did. Duck Dynasty star Phil Robertson said, every empire that has traveled down the path that America is on, filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity, has collapsed. Robertson predicted that the U.S. will collapse if there is not a change in the heart of its citizens because the cancel culture mob hates people who love God. According to Robertson, God has given these cancel culture people over to a reprobate mind. They are deluded and they will cause America to fall. I look at it and I couldn't agree more. Listen, we need God. 
uh, we we need to repent. Let's add a few more things in my notes. Enough of that, though. Let's just go. I want to talk more about other things, but let's go. I want to take your questions. So start sending me your questions. Again, a few hiccups tonight. We're going to get them fixed by tomorrow. Uh, so I've got to look at your questions on my phone. So send them in. And if you don't send, oh, here, let's see. If you don't send them in, then I'm not going to answer your question. Okay. Uh, question was when you begin to see these things. Here is a question from Val Holleran. Great. Thank you, Val. Uh, when was you begin to see these things uh, said in respect to the length of the tribulation period? If the trip lasts seven years, would beginning of these things logically be less than seven years Yes, Val, that's a great question. I get that a lot. So in Luke chapter 21, Jesus said this. He's talking about men's hearts will fail them from the fear and expectation of things coming upon the planet. You'll see signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, uh, and so forth. There will be perplexity. When you see these things begin to take place, look up and lift up your head because your redemption draws near. So Jesus is speaking, that's all of the discourse in relation to the um, tribulation period, but specifically the second half of the tribulation period. So that is a prophecy for that. Okay. We are watching, what we're watching happen right now is a shadow casting, I, I would call it, into the tribulation period. What is coming? The prophecies will be filled, fulfilled again in the tribulation period. So if we're on this side of the tribulation and we're looking at these things and we're seeing, wait a minute, it looks like everything's coming back, including a possible and probable time of very near peace and kind of like, yeah, everything's going good, including that sign. Don't forget that's also a sign. So I'm expecting 2022 to kind of go that way as we're seeing with Israel. Okay, if so, if we're watching these things begin to take place, and yet they're projecting into the tribulation period. For us, waiting for Christ to call us home in the rapture, wow! Look up and lift up your head because your redemption draws near. Think of it this way: like Christmas and Thanksgiving. If you're an American, Thanksgiving happens about a month before Christmas. When you see the Christmas decorations you know Thanksgiving comes first. In this sense, we're watching the tribulation decorations, the tribulation events. We know the rapture comes first. So if we're watching them start to form all at the same time, while Israel is a nation again, by the way, I have some articles about Israel I was going to bring up tonight, but I don't have time just to show us how close we are to all of these things taking place. Folks, we live in remarkable days. So yes, uh, Val, that question applies to the second half of the tribulation period, but we're living here and we can go, oh boy, this must be coming soon. Question. Let me move on. Who came out of the planes in Canada? I hope that the times will be shortened so we can go. I'm not sure about the planes in Canada. Question. Um, Shirley, what is the oil and wine that the angel is told not to harm? Uh, Revelation chapter 6, I probably went over it way too fast. So, uh, in fact, let me read it. In fact, I know I went over it way too fast. Sometimes I just get so excited about these things, I go fast. I, I, I admit it. I got to slow down. I got to take a chill pill or whatever. Just slow down. Okay, here it is. Uh, this answers your question um, for surely. Chapter 6, verse 5. When Jesus opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come and see. So I looked, and behold, a black horse, and he who sat on it had a, uh, a pair of scales in his hand. So black, 
the horse is a pair of scales in there in his hand. So it's got the hand here. Let me pull it over in front of the camera. Got the hand here and a pair of scales. So there's scale on each side. The scale is offset. We know that because it says here, or it's offset this way. It says here, I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, a quart of wheat for a denarius, three quarts of barley for a denarius. Do not harm, however, the oil and the wine. So it's a day's wage for a loaf of bread. The scale's totally off balance, but do not harm the oil or the wine. Oil and wine are luxury items. I'm of the category where I believe, this, since this is all food items, right? They're talking about barley a day's wage. So pretty much it's everybody's good. This is going to be equality. Everybody's going to eat, have equal amounts of poverty except for the luxury item people, the oil and the wine. So again, these are all food objects, and that's what's going on here. Who has that? The elite have the oil and the wine. The elite have the fancy stuff. They've got the fancy houses. They got the fancy cars. They've got all the money. They're the ones who are calling the shots, directing the direction of the world. Look at BlackRock. Look at these different things. Don't harm the oil or the wine. In other words, they'll have their day. The kings and politicians who are calling the shots, they're going to have their day. I'm going to get them. Don't worry about that. But in the meantime, equal amounts of poverty for the general public, don't harm the oil or the wine, is speaking to the elite class. Uh, let's move on. Question. Celtic Lotus, do you think that Emmanuel Macron could be Antichrist? Well, I don't know who Antichrist is. I get emails. Listen, everybody. I get emails every day of people telling me who Antichrist is. And... and um, uh, I get a lot of them, and, and I have lots of explanations for people who tell me who Antichrist is, and they say, why aren't you telling everybody Emmanuel Macron's Antichrist? Why aren't you telling everybody Barack Obama's Antichrist? Why aren't you telling everybody uh, Joe Biden's Antichrist? Well, the Joe Biden one is easy because nobody, <laughs> nobody will believe that one. <laughs> but I mean, you get, I mean, this just, the list just goes on and on and on, and um, so I don't know who Antichrist is. I personally believe um He's a um, the, the the Antichrist is alive today because we're so well, it looks to me like we are so close. Okay, uh, eyes of compassion. Question: Looks like Putin is using Ukraine as a smoke screen to invade Israel. What do you think? He's not invading Israel yet. I get this all the time because there's a lot of other prophecy speakers are saying uh, Putin's going to invade Israel. Remember when Putin invades Israel? It comes at a time when Israel is dwelling in peace and safety. They're not there yet. They may be. I mean, we're watching. First article I had, or one of the first articles I had tonight. Israel's going back, going to open up their borders again. But they're not in the peace and safety. The, the idea of the peace and safety is tranquility. Now, I do have some colleagues of mine, very good friends, that believe that peace and safety spoken of in Ezekiel chapter 38 is at a time when Israel has, they're able to defend themselves like IDF and IAF, and they're able to do that right now. So maybe, but I don't see it that way. I see it at a time when they're dwelling in this place of tranquility going, okay, everything is good. That's when Putin invades. What is interesting about this, and I will say this with Ukraine, when you look at Ezekiel chapter 38, God says he puts hooks in your jaws and turns them around, turns Russia around. That means Russia is pushing elsewhere. It's like you go out and you catch a fish. The fish is swimming that way. The hook's in the jaw and the fish is brought back this way. So right now, Putin, the fish is swimming that way. Excuse me. Hooks in the jaws, pulling them back this way. So I find that interesting. 
uh, to say the least. And I pointed this out uh, back when the Crimea situation first came up with Russia. I think it was in 2014 that God's going to put hooks in, in Russia's jaws and turn them around. So Russia's been pushing that direction for a long time. And um, it may not be the last time, if that makes sense, or maybe even pushing further at the time the, their jaws are hooked and pulled into Israel. But I don't see um, it necessarily as a smoke screen to invade Israel. It could be. I could be wrong. I, I've, I've been wrong before. Um, <laughs> so um, I could be, uh, I, I, perhaps it is. Somebody on here, Mergie says, crazy distracted chat tonight. Hey, so apparently some of you folks out there are distracting people. Try not to do that. Okay, question. The man of sin in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, KJV is the leader ruling the first uh, three and a half years, whilst the son of perdition rules the second three and a half, last three and a half years. No, the son of perdition and man of sin is the same person ruling the entire seven-year uh, period. Okay. Um, let's see. Question. Kathy. Uh, Pastor Tom, do you think it's possible Antichrist comes onto the scene to prevent World War III and then gets involved with Israel's peace plan? Uh, could be. Uh, could come on the scene because of World War III. Um, I, I don't know. It kind of, if Antichrist is the rider on the white horse, then after him uh, is going to be World War III, the rider on the, on the red horse. Um, so, you know, looking at this and uh, then gets involved with Israel's peace plan, uh, I, I look at this and think, yeah, he's, he's going to get involved in Israel's peace plan. No doubt about it. Uh, because in Daniel chapter 9, he is the one who confirms the covenant. So maybe all of this Abraham Accord stuff going on right now is going to lead to that. He's going to confirm it because right now, in fact, let me pull this up. No, I don't have that article right now. I was going to pull up one uh, that talks about the, the peace initiatives in Israel. We'll deal with that during the week on the midweek or maybe next Sunday night. Um, so Antichrist, he is going to be the one to confirm something that's already going on. And this Abraham Accord is already going on. So maybe that's what he's going to do. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, question, how can people be eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, aka living carefree if the tribulation is going on? That's exactly what I've been saying. So, uh, so your question here, this is from Silicon Valley Steve. That's what I've been saying. So we're going to enter into a relative time of peace. Because remember what Jesus said. If it's the white horse, going back to what I taught in the message, if it's the white horse, we're going to be entering into a relative time of peace and tranquility where there's going to be a time of joy. We're not there right now, but we can see the narrative changing. It could be going that way now, or it could be going that way after the rapture. Think of it like this. If the rapture takes place, and then suddenly you have the catastrophe of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, the, the, the quarter of the planet gets killed, the pale horse comes along, right? Uh, um, pestilences, death by war, and the sword, and the famine, and economic catastrophe. The fourth horseman of the apocalypse, the pale horse, that happens. And then after that, Antichrist says, listen, I've got a solution to all of these problems. You enter into a time of peace and tranquility. It's coming. The time is coming at a time when Antichrist steps on the scene. And he's going to have the answers. And then Jesus says, or, or, or even says, as it was in the days of Noah. So this world is going to enter into a time of relative peace and tranquility. I believe somehow it's going to be connected with Antichrist, whether he's the one that 
brings it in, uh, as he brings in the, the covenant with Israel or whatever it is, um, it's going to happen. Um, or it just starts to happen now, and then Antichrist comes in on the scene. But we really need to be well prepared and understand there is a time of peace and safety that is coming uh, on this planet. And we are not in that place yet, but things are definitely changing. Uh, 64 Nova question. Half you watched Nelson Waters. I do not know Nelson Waters. Question. Uh, let me see. Everything's moving around here. Um, Ski the Hebrew. Should veterans and police officers who made a vow to protect the Constitution fight against tyranny? Um, that's up to you. I know what I would do if I would, I could not, I, I would have to fight against tyranny myself. That's me though. Um, let me see. This is moving all over the place. I know I've gone a few minutes over, but I'm guessing that's okay. Um, uh, let's see. Question. Is there a way to, con to contact you? Um, okay, I lost the question, but I'm going to give it to you real quick. Okay. Here's what happened uh, with contacting me. So we were getting hundreds of emails every day, hundreds and hundreds. I was watching JD last week. He said for a time he was getting thousands of emails uh, every day or every week. And we are literally getting them hundreds uh, and hundreds. And so we've, it was impossible to keep up. So there's still a lot of people that are able to access me. I have no idea how they're finding out and are able to email me. And we get all their questions. Someone named Hillary uh, uh, helps me out with all of those emails. And because there's so many, I, I used to be able to sit there and just answer them all. Uh, there's just no way. What I am doing now is questions come in because I still get a lot of them. Um, I'm able to answer questions on his channel TV, and I'm also going to look at answering more and more questions that are sent to me, emailed me via YouTube, but just answering them, which leads me to something else. So uh, we're, we're developing a lot of things. So what we're gonna have when you have a direct contact to me again, it's gonna be able to be a lot more refined where you're gonna be able to go, okay, I get this, I get this. It's, it's gonna make sense to you guys, it's gonna make sense to me. So your emails just aren't lost into this vastness of hundreds of emails. I mean, if you guys look at the chat line uh, right now on here, and just, I'm trying to keep up with all the questions and you can imagine this happens, this happens all day from people all around the world that are sending emails it's very problematic because I want to answer every single, uh, every single question that, that comes in. Okay, I'm going to answer two more questions. Okay, uh, and don't forget to like and share this, this video too. It would really help us. And again, I really need your prayers this week because we want to be able to do everything that we want to do, get on every single platform that we possibly can because we need to and we believe that the time is short and, and every bit of help that you guys give us is, is such a, is just a huge, a huge blessing. Um, and your prayers are greatly appreciated. So we have a lot to accomplish this week. Uh, thank you very much. Okay. So somebody on here, the question disappeared. Uh, does Babylon have to be rebuilt? How's it going to be able to be rebuilt? Okay. I addressed this. I can't remember. It was sometime over the last week. I can't remember exactly where I addressed it. I think it was on his channel, uh, but maybe not. Uh, could have been on a YouTube I did here or maybe at a prophecy conference or something. But with Babylon, I believe Babylon is going to be rebuilt, uh, the, the original Babylon. Um, so many people say I am whacked out of my mind for that, but I really do believe it. The, the two cities are mentioned more than any other city in the Bible. 
Jerusalem and Babylon. Jerusalem is the only city mentioned more than Babylon. And people doubted Jerusalem would ever be inhabited again by Jews and be rebuilt. Well, it has been. It is. And there will be a temple there also because the Bible talks about it. And Bible prophecy people who said Jews are going to inhabit Jerusalem again were correct when they got laughed at. And now similar thing is happening with Babylon. But God wants to deal with Babylon. It's very clear when you look at the Old Testament and the New Testament. In Revelation chapter 18, God's going to deal with Babylon. So the problem with this world started in the Garden of Eden. Uh, and, and then you look at from the Garden of Eden, you look at the Tower of Babel with Nimrod. That's in the same Babylon where Nebuchadnezzar came who, who, who went after the Jews, right? And God said, I'm going to deal with these people. I'm going to deal with Nebuchadnezzar. I'm going to deal with... Um, uh, the kingdom of Babylon has been this, this Babylonian influence that has influenced the whole world. The time of Nimrod, the, his world order that he wanted, a world without God where he was God, the original Antichrist. Then you have the Babylonian kingdom that destroyed Jerusalem. Um, and God says, I'm going to deal with the Babylonian kingdom. And when you follow Babylon through history, you start to go, well, wait a minute, God hasn't finished with Babylon the way that he said he's going to finish with it yet. So there's a few different reasons why I believe Babylon's going to be rebuilt. And I did have an article last week, I wish I could remember where it was, where apparently a whole lot of attention is being paid to by world leaders again to the ancient city of Babylon. What can we do to rebuild it? I've received some, some notes from people saying Babylon is full of radiation from nuclear waste or, or whatever it is, and so never going to be rebuilt. Well, apparently um, there are some people out there, leaders in the world that don't believe that because they're actually starting this work. So I look at go, this is interesting. Know this also. Babylon gets destroyed at the end of the tribulation period, Revelation chapter 18. Yes, spiritual Babylon or religious Babylon, Revelation 17. You have the city of Babylon, the physical Babylon, Revelation 18. Spiritually, politically, business-wise, they both influence the entire world. God says, I'm going to destroy you in, in, in that time. And so we see uh, if the rapture were to happen tonight and then there's a gap period after the rapture until the beginning of the tribulation period, Babylon, remember, doesn't have to be rebuilt in all of its glory until the end of the tribulation period. That would give years for the trillions of dollars to pour into Babylon and rebuild it. So people say it could never happen because it's not even being built yet. Well, it could take seven years and that's just fine because it's just going to be finished before it's destroyed at the end. I believe it won't take long at all, just like I believe it won't take long at all for the Jews to build the temple. And I, it won't take long at all for Satan with his people that he influences on this planet and Antichrist to have his capital city Babylon. It's going to happen. Uh, it's not going to take him long at all with the trillions of dollars they're going to pour in from woke world leaders that hate God and want to have their own kingdom, their own utopian city, um, pouring trillions of dollars. Yeah, they're going to build that in no time and it's going to influence the world. They're going to say, look at the great Babylon that we have built and then God is going to uh, destroy it. Okay, so many questions on here. I wanted to uh, uh, take some more. Sorry about that. I'm having a hard time just keeping up with them. Thank you, you guys. Uh, it's really a blessing tonight. I look forward to uh, next Sunday night also. I'll be live here. We'll pick up where we left off. Again, don't 
uh, forget to subscribe. Thank you for uh, anybody who sent your super chat. Listen, I want to say this. It's a huge blessing because everything we do here, this ministry is not supported by the church I pastor at all. It is entirely functions on its own. Whether it's technical things we're going through now, we got to fix them, we pay for them and everything else. But you guys are such a blessing and I just want to thank you because um, you guys are awesome. And, um, and, uh, and subscribe, go to the website, sign up so we can stay connected. I have a lot more coming. Um, and then also... Um, so for next week, are you telling me we are going to be live on the website? Should we should be. Well, I said that last week. All right. So uh, I also, I, I want to say this. I do have another YouTube channel that's starting. It's going to be exciting. I announced it about four weeks ago. There's a lot of back work that needs to be done because I'm still trying to get a whole lot of videos done for that. Um, and uh, it's going to be exciting. Um, and uh, well, enough of that. Uh, I'm tired of telling you everything I'm going to do, and then here it is. Well, next week it's going to happen. The week after that's going to happen. Next week. Okay. God bless you guys. You guys are awesome. Thank you for your patience with me. Um, and I'll see you tomorrow, 2 o'clock, live. Going to be exciting. God bless. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope For Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.